an interesting topic that you kind of brought up today. Um, the topic of self-care, but in a, in a really interesting way. It wasn't self-care the way most people would think about it. What, what, were, you, how were, what were you talking so about? So I was thinking about this, and I'm just wondering. Um, the topic came to me today, and when someone, when a couple gets married, okay, so we're now a unit. How does each part help to take care of that one unit? Does that make sense? So you, now you're getting married and you're this one plant. Okay, mm-hmm. so how does each side take make sure that that plant thrives? Does that make sense? Okay, so instead of the usual way self, people would, you know, think about self-care. Yeah. Where it's, you know, me time. If we're looking at marriage as the two become one, right. self-care is actually relationship care. Relationship care. That's a good term for it. By caring for you, I'm caring for myself. Right. A lot of times life happens Mm -hmm. and we forget couples grow apart. Mm -hmm. Is that, would that be because we do not intentionally try to make sure that the other person is okay? Make sure that that unit, that, that little tree that we've planted is being taken care of. You'll hear things like, oh, well, this person was, this, this, um, this couple got married. They were so happy. They were just over the moon. And then kids came in and her, her kids were her life. And then we were mm. watching a program yeah. recently. Okay. About the kids being that mother's life or the, the kids being that father's priority, mm-hmm. but you never hear, I never hear anything about the couple being each other's priority. That happens a lot, actually. People forget that they were a family before the kids came. Right. When you and your wife or you and your husband got married, that's what created the family. Right. The children are an addition to the family. Correct. So you don't have a family once the kids arrive. So you should not stop what you're doing as a family to get on the kids program. The kids should be brought on to the family's program, the pre-established program. Exactly. They fall in line with with whatever the established established program program is. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense. So then how do you maintain that oneness that happens at marriage that's the key that's the self-care that's the self-care that's That's the care that i'm the self-care of that unit that oneness not Mm -hmm. just of our personal self-care because that's just as important we're we're taking the selfishness out of self-care you are a part of myself correct and you're a part of myself right so if i consider you that way i'm supposed to love you like i love my own flesh correct Exactly. So then if I love you like my own flesh, I should care for you like I care for myself. But that should be reciprocated. I agree. Right. I agree. So it cannot be a one way street. Right. No one it way cannot streets. be just, OK, well, one person is putting in putting in all the work and then the other person right. is not. Or right. I'm just focused on the kids, the kids. It doesn't bode well for the for the family because mm-hmm. the children should not be the central point. Correct. The parents are the center point. If the parents are solid, then the, then the children will be solid. Okay. No. If, if you have a tree, mm-hmm. the trunk is not stable. Then mm-hmm. the rest of the tree is not stable. The roots are not stable. The trunk is not stable. The rest of the tree is not stable. You don't have the stability that starts in the leaves and the branches, and then it goes down to the roots. We, we've got to start reworking how we look at these things. Yes, the kids are important. Yes, they have practice and you 
we make them engaged in all of that stuff. The kids don't come out and say, okay, I want to be in six, seven, eight, nine, ten different things. We as parents overextend ourselves instead of trying to realize, you know what, this is what we can do. This is be happy with what your little your unit can do. Okay. So right? then, I agree. So then let's make it practical. What do we do as a couple to manage our self-care? How do we make sure that what we built stays strong, that what we agreed to remains intact. For instance, earlier this week, I shared a post about um, a simple step that couples can take to reset, reconnect. Um, and it was something as simple as a drive. Those are, that's our favorite thing. Yeah. Something as simple as a drive where the, the entire point of the drive is to be separate and apart from outside interference. Correct. Uninterrupted time where the two of you can talk, be in each other, or just not talk, but you're in each other's company. You're out, you're sightseeing, you're doing whatever. Okay. So the point is just to drive and then see what happens. But then, okay, so that might be good for couples that have older kids that are Mm self-sufficient. How do we address this for people that are in different seasons of their Mm -hmm. marriage and their family? I would say that it's really important, probably important to do it more than once a month. If you want to plan something a little larger once a month, I'm okay with that. But once a week, you should be looking for a way to connect. Once a week, it doesn't have to be anything grand. It doesn't have to be anything expensive, but you should look for ways to to just, like I said, to, to reconnect. Right. To kind of separate themselves, right. even if, if it's for just a couple of hours, even if it's for an hour, even if it's for an even if it's watching a movie together, that it's just your time. I, I would say not even a movie. You don't because the movie is a distraction. Well, what you want, the, the, the point is for the two people to connect. You don't connect when you're watching a movie because you're not paying attention to each other. You're watching the movie. You can still watch movies. But the point of this, I would think, should be me and you reconnecting. We're talking. We're sharing. We're, you know, learning about each other. And if you're doing that with, if you're doing that around some other sort of entertainment, that's distracting. Oh, okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have no problem with the movie, but for what I think we're talking about now, something a bit more intentional where it's like, I'm with you, you're with me, and we are in each other's presence not just each other's presence but we're trying to learn more about each other yeah because once you're married it's not like okay i know you you know me no No. that's a lifelong process you're always learning absolutely so that that time period i would think should be because for us it's our drives and that's essentially what we do we're not going anywhere in particular no so it's not like we have a destination that we're going to so that we're not focused on anything specifically If we do happen to listen to something on the radio, sometimes we might listen to a sermon. We actually pause that sermon and then you and I talk. And even though we're talking about the sermon, I'm learning about how you process and how you think. And you're doing the same when I share what I get from that topic. But I think that's where that connection is. It's about me and you, not necessarily me and you engaged in some sort of uh, uh, distraction. Well, I don't see movies as a distraction. 
I mean, for two hours, you're not talking to each other. Yeah, but I mean, but after those two hours, you might be able to engage. But you we're never talking know. if we only have that one hour or uh, that two hours. Well, yeah, that's true. If we only have that yeah, limited yeah, yeah, time, yeah, yeah. then yeah. we shouldn't spend it. Okay, with some. Okay, I, right. I I now understand. So it needs to it needs to be something where there's an intentionality of engagement. Yes, intentional engagement of each other. Right. You know. Whether for an hour or two hours a week or make it make it so that it's it's just the two of you. Right. It's your time. It's right. the it's the couple's time. I remember when we were coming up, I didn't know that we needed to have that care for each other. I didn't understand that. I just thought it was necessary for me to go to work, make sure that you're okay. As long as I said, honey, are you okay? And you said you're okay. Then that was good enough. Are the kids okay? Nobody's dying. Nobody's bleeding. You know, okay, so we can go to parties. With... I don't remember us having these intentional moments when we were coming up. And that's what I'm saying. So in, in what, what I'm trying to get across is the intentionality to be in each other's presence. I understand that. But all of that is still up here. That's all ivory tower. How do we make it real? How do we make it personal? How do we say, get out there and do things? It's one thing to say, you guys should be intentional. Be in each other's presence. Okay, we're sitting in the same room next to each other. What does that mean? Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We got to make it usable tools. Okay, so that's where you come in. Do we go for a drive? Well, that, what if you have someone that doesn't have a car, that but they want to have that intentionality? Do, how do, 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 how their, do we find tools? Do their legs work? Well, yes, their legs work. They can walk. Okay. They, they, they're, they're things that you can do. And it does, you don't necessarily have to leave your house. Right. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to leave your home. Well, that's what I was saying. If, we, it, if you're going to do it and you're staying home, you don't necessarily want to sit and watch a movie because you're disengaged from each other for that two hours. Okay. So then, we, then what, are some, what are some tools that we can, if you, if you want to stay home? Okay. Here's a good one. Find a hobby in common. Oh. Find something that both of you enjoy doing and do it together. Hobbies. 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 So if you like gardening, garden. If you're outdoorsy, hike, play golf. If you're athletic, you know, find something that you both enjoy doing. It doesn't even have to be physical, but if it's something that you both enjoy doing, do it together. And if you don't have something, that's your homework. Look, Look for, for something, something that the two of you can do together. Correct. People know for us, it's fish. Yeah. We have lots of fish. Right. We're aquarium hobbyists. We've done it for years. And it's actually that's actually the latest hobby that we've had together. People don't know this. You actually got me into photography because you were the first person to buy a camera. And I thought, that's actually pretty cool. And we started shooting. Then we moved on to other things. I am a city boy born and raised. I don't farm. I don't garden. But I got into gardening. Yeah, you sure did. Because you got into gardening. Now we're into fish together. And, you know, we, we talked about the drives that we take. A number of those drives are to fish stores. Or to fish stores. We, trying to find all the aquarium stores and, or, or, or dedicated aquarium stores within 
from Pennsylvania all the way. We've gone as far down as what? Richmond? We've been to Richmond. We've been to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. We've been um Man. We've been any, anywhere in the DMV. Anywhere in the DMV that has up a to store. Pennsylvania, down yeah. to Virginia. Yeah. We've been to every fish store that we can that we've managed to find. Fine, yes. You know, we even went to the brand new one in DC. DC hasn't had a fish store in 20 years. We, we were there for we the grand opening. We were there for the grand opening, sure were. And for us, because of the number of tanks we have, a few times a week, we're in the tank room together yep. doing maintenance. Feeding the fish. Observing. Observing. Making sure everybody is okay. Absolutely. Does anybody need medication? Absolutely. What's the best way to do this? Right. You know, and then with that, you're intentionally in each other's presence. Correct. And Correct. we're not just discussing fish, but we're discussing everything else right. around us. What you it know, does, it creates an environment where conversation is possible. Correct. Because the things that we're doing are not so consuming right. that they require our undivided attention. So like a movie, if you want to understand what's going on in the movie, the movie requires your undivided attention so that you and your partner can't really engage I or you, you miss the movie. But something like a hobby, whether it's gardening, whether it's fish, whether it's hiking, whether it's what a bike, whatever it is. Biking, exercise, it gives you, whatever, yeah. It gives you the ability to talk to each other without being completely distracted by the underlying activity. And those things are what draw you together. So anything along those lines. So I think that's the brainstorming that I would recommend couples do. Okay. What can we do to spend time in each other's presence? Right. That we both enjoy. Right. Because if it's something that you both enjoy, it'll be something that you're both drawn to. Correct. And if you're both drawn to it, you will buy automatically be in each other's presence. Right. And feed each other. Absolutely. Feed each other organically. That's the key. Correct. Okay. Because that's one more thing. I, I know couples that have nothing in common other than the fact that they're married and have children together. Yeah, that kind of They sucks. don't share hobbies. They don't share interests at all. So I'm like, well, then what holds you together if you have no interests in common? I would think that when you got married, you got married because you had things in common. And that was the foundation on which you chose to build a life. But if you had nothing in common, what led you to marriage? And it requires a degree of willingness because there's, there's going to be some experimentation. Right. The husband may say, hey, come try this with me. Don't, try it. Don't, don't just say, say no. no. Try, try it. It, it and, may be something interesting. Right. And if it doesn't work for you, then you're like, okay, at least I tried it. All right. So let's see what else is there we can do. Absolutely. And you experiment until you find, find something, something that you both that's enjoy. The, that's don't the just say, eh, I don't want to do that. Right. And then don't come back with an idea. Right. I would say start with a ser- each person write a list of the things that they might be interested in trying. That's a good idea. Write a list. Start with, say, 20 items. That's a lot. Yeah, you're not going to do it all. But I don't know, but who has 20 items of stuff? No, you're brainstorming. Oh, brainstorming. Whenever okay. you're brainstorming, don't reject anything. So well, write yeah, down true. a list of 20 items. Yeah. Of 20 things that you might be interested in doing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, Pinterest is a great place to start. Yes. Just go look for ideas look for about ideas. things to do. There's nothing new under the sun. Somebody has thought of this. So that's true. Go Pinterest someplace is a good idea. and just look for things that you might be able to do. 
that you're interested in. The partner might not necessarily be interested yet, but these are things that you're interested in and then share your list. Compare your list. And it, there may be something on your partner's list that you hadn't considered. And right. then you say, okay, you know, that might be interesting. And then you go back and forth. And then you explore all of those things that you guys have in common, the things that you might want to do off of each other's list. You explore those together. Right. If they pan out, great. If they don't, great. You don't have to do all of them. You can start with one thing that you guys want to do. Right. Flesh it out. See what happens. If it's something you enjoy, continue. Right. If it's not, move on move to the on next. To move on to the next thing. But that in and of itself is an exercise in bringing you together. Right. Because the, par- the process of finding a hobby causes you to be intentional. Right. It causes you to be present and it causes you to be engaged, to be engaged in each other. Correct. So the, that in and of yeah. itself is an, is an exercise. Correct. So it doesn't have to be something where, okay, this one didn't work out, but at least what it did was it gave you guys a chance to say, absolutely. You know what? Yes. No. Okay. Let's move right. on to the next thing. Oh, it, no, no. I'm talking about comparing lists. Right. Is an exercise by itself. Correct. Because when the two of you are sitting at the table or on the couch or in the bed comparing lists, that's an hour that the two of you guys are spending completely engaged with each other. So the pro- the process of finding the hobby can be, is an exercise of intentionality. Absolutely. And then whatever comes out of that, whatever the fruit of that is, if you find a hobby that you guys like, all the better. But finding things to do together. So, for instance. You have a thing when we go out, you need to stop at every rest stop because you want the almanacs, you want the maps, you want the atlases because you like the the tactile nature of looking at a map and seeing the relationship between locations and say, okay, this is here, that's there. We can go from here to there. And it's something about that old school, you know, way of- Right. And so that's your thing. Everywhere we go, oh, got to stop here. They got a, they got a, a, a rest stop. Let's go see what they have. Let's see what's in the area. And that's how you plan a lot of our trips. I'd never heard of Point Lookout until you said, no, we got to go to Point Lookout. Well, we went to Point Lookout. But while we were there, we found the oldest prison camp in Maryland. Yep. Civil War prison Civil camp. Civil War prison camp. Boy, they had a rough had time. no idea it was there. <laughs> but that was a part of the process. Part and the we process. learned something new about where we live. We learn something new about history because yeah. we are also history buffs. Right. Anybody that knows us knows we like history. Um, we like watch do- every docu- documentary yeah, we can we find. Like, yeah. So, again, all of those things. So when you're talking about uh, um, watching TV or something like that, again, I agree. That can be intentional as well. Not so much the movie. Right. But the documentary, because it the documentary is not necessarily what you're engaged in. It's the pursuit of history, Correct. the pursuit of knowledge. That's another thing that we have in common. So I might watch a documentary by myself and say, oh, man, May would love this. Babe, you got to check this out. And then we get to talk about that. Right. Bottom line is you should be looking for ways to emotionally connect with your partner. Correct. As fre- as, as frequent, often, often as and you can. As you can. Yes. I recommend at least once a week. Huh? And again, it doesn't have to be anything major. No. Do y'all like putting together puzzles? Exactly. Sit at the table and put together a puzzle and talk over the puzzle. Right. It can be any anything, something simple. Right. You don't have to necessarily leave your house to do it. But the goal is to get in the habit of looking for each other. Right. During the week. During the week. You are actively looking for each other. 
That's a good point. Another good way for a lot of couples, this is not necessarily a challenge, but for some it may be. Random physical touch. You can't walk past me without me touching you. Physical touch. Whether it's a pat on the butt, a hug, a kiss on the neck, a peck on the lips, whatever it is, you can't walk past me without me laying my hands on you some way. That is connection. Yeah, it is. We have, I have a cousin who's been a longtime educator, and that was one of the things she said, especially for kids, that's necessary. Yeah. And I would think that's something that's necessary across the board because we're social. Physical touch is a requirement of relationship. If it's you and your boys, you dap each other up. If it's your kids, you hug them and you kiss them. If it's your girls, if it's you your exactly yeah. physical touch is, is, is shows the intimacy of that relationship. Yeah. So that's another way to connect. That's another type of self-care. Right. Where you are fulfilling that emotional need in your partner. Right. They will seek to fill that emotional need in you. Correct. Because if you're both really connected with each other, you will look to meet that need in the other person. So, you know, we've talked about that previously on high levels, you know, down in the weeds. It's about doing these little things that reinforce the connection. So whether we like we said, putting together a puzzle or finding a hobby in common or physical touch or having a glass of wine when everybody is gone. I'm not mad. Just sitting at the back porch and we're discussing the world's issues or discussing just talking to each other. Right. Over a glass of wine. Right. With no distraction, right. the sunset right. or whatever is in your yard, whether you right. have, however you do it, right. you're looking out over a garden or whatever. Right. It's just the two of you. You sit in the back and you try to solve the world's problems. Try to solve the world's problems. Yep. Uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. You know, I used, now that you talk about that, I just thought of something and my parents used to bond and now I look at it, they used to bond over gardening. My dad was an intense gardener. And I don't know if it's because he came from an agrarian society. Both parents, both my parents are from agrarian, you know, societies. Their parents were farmers and that kind of thing. But my dad had an intense. Mm-hmm. Anywhere we went in the world, he and my mom were always in a garden. I think about that now. They were always planting something. He would be tilling and she would be planting. Mm-hmm. And there was, I mean, I remember us, we kids, we used to sit here and watch them. I'm thinking back to it now. It was like, why are they always out there? Don't they have any? Mm-hmm. And they would, if one is out there tilling, one is that, and when the plants grow, they're both out there. And I look back at it now, and that was their connection. And even right. though he's been gone now for almost 20 years, mm-hmm. my mom, she still, maintains she maintains that. that. Mm. She maintains that. She goes out, she's in her garden, she wants her her yard to look a certain way because my dad was very particular about his yard he wanted his lawn to look a certain way and his grass had to look a certain way his vegetable garden had to look a certain way and she goes out and she does that that was their way and we were never i I guess they did it because they knew that we wouldn't come out there (laughs) so it was probably their time because Mm -hmm. we we really my my brother kind of has the gardening bug but us girls we we kill plants. We don't know anything about gardening. I do my best, but my two older sisters will kill a plant. Either they overwater it or they don't water it. One will overwater, one won't water. Mm-hmm. So they got nothing. Mm-hmm. But that was their way of connecting to each other. It's interesting that you mentioned your parents. Do you remember when 
we were dating. We went to my family's, I guess you call it ancestral home in Gainesville, right. the family house. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting outside. This was before we got married. We were like on a swing right. with my mother. And she started talking about her relationship with my father. It's funny. When, when, when you talk to my mom, she's high energy. But she sat with us and she's explaining their relationship. She said, you know, he could be out in the garage working on the car. I don't know anything about cars. I could be out there holding the light so that he can see. I don't care what he's doing. I just want to be near him. Yeah, I remember her saying that. And she she went all gooey when she said it. And at the time, we were like, ugh, come on, mom. But she was spitting game. She was spitting game. She was spitting game. I spoke to her. Now, that was thirty over 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I spoke to her yesterday. They're in their mid to late 80s. And she says, well, I'm just checking in. We're taking a break. Dad was out in the garden. Well, he was on the big mower. I'm on the push mower. And we're just taking a break. And we'll get back to it. Why is my mother out there doing yard work? She doesn't necessarily want to do yard work, but she's in the company of her husband. And even if he's on a riding mower and they're not necessarily even with an eyesight, they're bonded by the activity that they're doing. He has a garden in the back of the house. She goes out and she gardens. Their freezers are full. Mm-hmm. And they made an effort to share those things. She made an effort to figure out what he does and take part in it. Not because she was necessarily interested in what he did. She was interested in him because he was doing it. And she just wanted to be near him while he did it. So she found an excuse. She found a reason to engage in the hobbies he had. Now, my mom's for been a housewife for, for most of their marriage. She has work. She's done things outside. But particularly when we were coming up, she was for the most part a housewife. But even in that, you saw that she made the effort to make sure that her relationship with her husband was straight. Another example, I came home, I'm in high school now, and mom was cooking dinner and she was making, I think it was rice and peas, rice and beans. And I said to her, Ugh, I don't want, I don't want beans. She stopped what she was doing, looked at me. and She said, let me make something clear to you. I cook for my husband. I allow you to eat. We never had that discussion again <laughs> because she made it clear that yes, I love you, but my man is my priority. That's where the family started. Where the family started. So those lessons were coming, but you know, sometimes you're not in the right frame of mind to yeah, receive them. That's true. And it's not until you get older that you're like, oh, she was she was giving me game. Yeah. She was giving me game. Yeah. Okay. And I, I get it now. And I hope that what we say now for couples that are young and just in starting mm-hmm. their game that they will take this to heart mm-hmm. and they'll say you know what that's a good point we need yeah we might have kids but we need to connect some kind of way we need to connect there needs to be a connection and as you said something as simple as a physical touch mm-hmm. to the point now i know that if you're up and moving around and i'm doing something and you don't come by it's like right. what's going on over there or if i walk by and nothing happens and nothing it's like yo what you doing what you doing <laughs> ain't that supposed to be some kind of right because you 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 not that you crave it but you it's like a expectation no, i crave you absolutely well there you go i was trying to be nice but you want to put that out no there. we're being real yeah that's true i crave you and i want you to know at all times of the day that that's the case so that now you come to expect it right and when it's not there it's like you're all right something wrong with you so then, all right, how do we get this message over to couples who haven't had that experience? Life has gotten in the way. 
One person is this way. One person is that way. One might try to engage. The other one is busy. Mm-hmm. Or the one. So, so how do we get if one side wants it and then the other side is like not engaged or not or disinterested? How how do we how we how do we get that? Because you're gonna have people that say, "Well, I have to work, and you know, I have to do this, and I have to, you know, at my my job requires me to do this or do that." Right. And then the one or two days, or the one day or two days they may have off, then they either want to kind of like come down off of what they've gone through, mm-hmm. the, the adrenaline of the week. And so they're too tired to really connect. So how do we, how do we get this message across to people to say that this is, this is as much a priority as you going to work? Here's the deal. You can't want something more for someone than they want for themselves. You can't want it more for them than they want it for themselves. But you want your marriage, though. I understand that. But we're adults and you can't force people to do something they don't want to do. So we have to start with that as the baseline understanding. If that person is not willing to change, then the question is, why are they unwilling? Why are you unwilling to make this a priority in order for this to work baseline in order for marriage in general to work? Everybody has to be committed to the process. Oh. So everything we're talking about right now is for couples who are both committed to the process. Okay. You okay. might have been distracted by your job, but you're still committed to the process. Those people have the ability to refocus their attention and say, okay, yeah, I see I'm a little bit engaged, uh, uh, a little bit too involved with things outside my relationship. And I really need to spend the time because it's lacking. It's suffering. It needs that 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 time. But what if they don't know then, how to make that connection? The, what if they don't understand? That's not I've heard things like, well, that's not what I'm used to seeing or that's not how I grew up. So how do you make that? How do you? How do you get that across to that person that this is just as important? That's where a good therapist comes in. But what if the person doesn't want to go to therapy? You can't want something more for themselves, more for them than they want for themselves. We're grown-ups. You're grown enough to get married. You're grown enough to have enough to have children. You should be grown up enough to seek help when you have problems. No, I, I, I don't take that as an excuse. Because there's too much at stake. There's a relationship at stake. There are potentially uh, uh, children and families at stake. There's a village at stake. You said, if you're not going to take marriage seriously, then you should not have gotten married in the first place. Yes, and sir. I agree with you 100%. If, you, if, if someone listening here is like, oh, I don't have time for that. Well, then I wish you the best because you just pronounced sentence on your marriage. You just said, it's not important to me. These other things are important to me. Okay. Then whatever outcome you get is the outcome you get. But for those people that are interested and willing to sacrifice whatever is necessary to see the success of their marriage and the thr- the, to see their families thrive, that's who we're talking to. You know, unfortunately, what we have to share is not for everybody. This goes back. Remember, we said everything we talk about starts with mindset. If you don't have the mindset necessary 
to say, I will do whatever is required for my marriage to succeed, then nothing we say is going to make a difference to you. You're a nurse. What do you do with non-compliant patients? What can you do with a non-compliant patient? You just let them be. You let them be. There's nothing you can do for them. I've got, I've had friends that were non-compliant, non-compliant diabetics. Even after the doctors started lopping off body parts, they did not change their behavior. Unfortunately, they're not with us anymore. And that's exactly what happens in marriage. At some point, parts of that family start getting lopped off. People start leaving. People lose interest. Well, what's left? The death of the marriage. One thing we have to understand is just like a physician, just like a nurse, you can't help everybody. You can only help those that want to, to be, be helped. helped. Yeah, that's true. You have to, as a patient, your care should be your responsibility. It's you should, your responsibility. You should learn as much as you can so that the doctor is there to kind of help you along right. the way. To give you guidance. To give you guidance. But not to do the work for you. Not to you. do the work for you. This is in, the intentionality in a marriage is work. Correct. And you have to be willing to put that work in. Correct. If you're not, then. Right. And what we're talking about now, this, this self-care, that's work. Yeah. Figuring out how to connect with your partner. That's work. You have to explore that the same way you have to study for that degree that sends you to that job. That was work. Mm. You have to study your partner the same way to know that when they behave a certain way, what does it mean? When you see them retract, when you see them withdraw, what does that mean? You should know when your partner is out of sorts without them speaking to you, you should see the difference in their, in their behavior. And if they say nothing's wrong, you should have enough care for that person to say, no, 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 we're going to stop whatever we're doing right now. We're going to see what's going on here. You don't let that stuff fester. You don't let it grow and you don't let them believe that they're going through it by themselves. So if you don't show true interest in what's going on with your partner, that partner, even if you don't say it, will come to understand you don't care. So you don't really care what's going on with them. So is that part of the intentionality? Oh, absolutely. That's the work. And so Part of what makes that easy is setting up scenarios like hobbies where you're comfortable talking to each other in general. Remember, relationships are built in time. If you don't spend time together, you've got no relationship. You're, right. you're strangers. Right. And so that's where that, where that relationship is built. And so in marriage, we should be looking for ways to make it easier for us to have conversations. Because if you have practice with easy conversations, it makes it easier to have difficult conversations because we learn how to trust each other in the easy conversations. I learn who you are and how you think. I learn how you process information. I learn what triggers you. Mm -hmm. I learn what calms you down. Yeah. That's what I'm learning throughout this process. So, yeah, we're going out, we're having fun, we're doing this, but I'm always a student of my wife. My wife is always a student of me and my behavior. And so there are times when we check each other. No, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm fine. No, you're not. What's going on? We don't accept that. It's like, no, we need to stop what we're doing and see what's happening. And something as simple as if there's something on your mind, even if I'm busy, I'm in the middle of something. My train of thought is, is there. 
one of the things I had to learn was to stop what I'm doing and turn to you and give you my undivided attention. Not listen. And I'm not talking about, oh, hey, Clarence, you know, just something in passing. I'm talking about if there's something you need to discuss. I had to learn to stop because it would frustrate me. I'm like, as a creative, once my mind is in a certain mode, mode, I need to see it through. But I also had to realize, you know what? What's more important? I I can pick that back up. This requires my attention. So then I stop what I'm doing. And I pay attention to what you what what you need, yeah. and then when you say what you have to say, okay, we work through that, and then I go back to what I was doing. That little bit of extra effort on my part lets you know that okay, he's here for me. If I have a concern, he's not going to blow me off. There's nothing else more important because no matter what he's doing, if I have a true concern and I come to him, he's going to stop what he's doing and he's going to pay attention to me. And the same thing goes Correct. for me. So something for me that's simple, I'm an Instagram voyeur. Yes, you are. I don't post much on IG, but I scroll and I save, scroll, save. I'm looking for stuff that's funny. So throughout the course of the day, I'm saving stuff. Ooh, amazing. That's going to be, that's hilarious. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And I know sometimes you think it's corny, but for me, I am in bed next to my wife looking at goofy, stupid stuff on Instagram dogs whatever cat videos and we just sit there and we giggle we laugh that's bonding because we're sitting in each other's presence laughing oh so that's what you're doing that's what i'm doing oh well doggone (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i come i'm like what is he oh so that's your okay so that's the intentionality i'm sharing fun if i find it funny i'm like they might find this funny and i particularly look I save a lot of stuff, but I don't show you everything because not everything that I save would you be interested in. Right. If it's Huskies, you're going to be interested. I'm going to be interested. If it's uh, Corsos, if it's anything related to dogs, you're going to be interested. Yes. You know, funny stories, anything that's funny, you're going to be interested in. So that's the kind of stuff I'll share with you. I'm like, look at this idiot. Check this out. And we sit there and we laugh. We giggle. Right. You know, Um, and it might take 15, 20 minutes, but that's 15, 20 minutes. That we had in each other's company and we just engaged. So I think something as simple as that allows people to connect with each other because right. you're learning what I think is funny. Right. And if you laugh, I'm like, okay, good. She knows that's funny. I can do more of that because she also finds that funny. But if we don't talk to each other, yeah. if we don't spend time with each other, right. if we don't discuss things, you know, across the spectrum. Right. I don't know what you find funny. Correct. I don't know what offends you. Right. I don't know what, you know, the things that really press you about what's going on in the world. I don't know any of those things. Correct. Those random conversations that seem like they don't have much to them. No, those are important. And those are very important. Because it shows intentionality. Right. It just shows the connection without having without having to discuss things that have to do with the the home or right jobs or the kids it's just both of you right. just being in each other's but, presence but those conversations get easier if all we talk about are bills then all we're going to do is argue because we have nothing else connecting us the other conversations that we have should make the difficult conversations like bills or illness or family much easier to have yeah. because the relationship is already there the structure is already there to handle difficult conversations 
Well, it's just a pity that, as I said, you don't learn this when you're starting out. It's like light bulbs go on, you know, what did they say? Um, Something is wasted on the youth. Oh, youth is wasted on the young. On the young, you know what I mean? But you know what? Nobody knows it at the beginning. Nobody knows it at the beginning. That's the purpose of marriage. The longer you're together, the more you work at it, the closer you get. You hear people say that the longer couples are together, the more they start to look like each other. Boy, I hope I don't grow a beard. Yeah, no. No. (laughs) Well, there's always electrolysis. Ew. Gross. But, you know, you hear that. And I think what that, the, the sentiment that's being expressed is you guys are becoming more one yes. the longer you're married. Right. I can answer for you if you're not present because I already know what your answer is going to be. No, May, May doesn't play that. You know, that, that's a negatory for her. And you can say the same thing. If somebody says something sideways, well, okay, they, they, they think Clarence smiles all the time. Let them, they're going to get a lesson today. You know, and that's something else that has happened to us because of those conversations, because this has been a learning experience as we've gone along. Right. We've actually shifted over the years. Sure. have. Where I was the long suffering, all forgiving, and you were the hatchet woman. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Now you're the one that says, come, let us reason together. Reason together I'm better. like, no, no, no. Nuke them all. <laughs> no. I know. I don't understand that. My patience. Your patience is like this much. Like, like, bam. I mean, it's like, honey, no, no, no. Honey, let us, we got to talk about this. We can't just, we can't just go firing all, you know, all bazookas. Come on. But I'll say this. It's not arbitrary. No, it's not. It's, I'm not, it's not arbitrary. But when it comes. It's based in fact. My reactions are based in fact. They're based in data. So I give people the opportunity. And then once they make their choices, then it's up to me what I choose to do with that information. Yeah, but still. But you back in the day, oh, man. Wow. I didn't give. I, I, yeah, I our, friend, our friends were scared of you. Yeah, I didn't suffer fools. No, I didn't. But suffer again, fools. But anyway. you've softened over the years. Yeah. And I've kind of we've we've that those are things we've learned from each other. Yeah. Dynamics have changed. Right. But what I learned from you is don't let a lesson take three years that should have taken six months. Or if I should have learned who that person was in six months, I shouldn't have extended it for three years. Nope. No. You know, a, a mentor of mine shared with me, I shared with a mentor of mine that I had an issue with how a friend was treating me and that the relationship seemed to be one way. They would call and dump on me and then I would share and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it would go back to their problem. And I mentioned that that bothered me. He looked at me and said, hmm, okay, yeah, that's your fault. <laughs> what? He said, yeah, that's your fault. He said, people treat you how you allow them to treat you. Thank you for that. Your check is in the mail. <laughs> so hearing those lessons, you know, learning them from you, learning them from him and from other people, it's like, okay, yeah, we need to reassess how we do this. But that's something that I learned from you. And what you learned from me is, you know what? Look at it this way. What about this? Here are the alternatives. And if it's something that I had not considered, okay, babe, I'll defer. They get one more shot. (laughs) For you, they get one more shot. Well, you know, I still have that little bit of edge there. honey. It's not gone. no, no. No, but it's been tempered. But it's been tempered. And so where you were 
hard, you softened. Right. Where I was too soft, I developed an edge. Right. And so we are very much the same person now when it comes to that kind of stuff. Correct. So our responses are going to be very similar. We'll look at the situations. We'll look at people. We'll look at all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, we see. And we're taking notes. Okay, we see that. We see that. We see that. And once we have enough data, we make the decision. And we're, we're comfortable making that decision because mm-hmm. we've, it's an old word, but we keep using it. We've been intentional about how we approach the situation. Right. So we're like, okay, we see that. We see that. We're not reacting out of emotion. We're reacting because we saw how that situation played out. Mm-hmm. And we made an educated decision based on the data that we got. Correct. But that's the same approach we have to each other. I see how you behave. I see how the things I do cause you to respond. And how the things I do cause you to respond. Correct. If and it's good, we do it again. Right. If the response is bad, right. ooh, don't do that don't, no more. Right. Let's move on to the next thing. I remember when we were dating, I was not the best housekeeper. You came home from work one day and all six foot five of me was jammed up in a corner <laughs> because you were not happy at the at the state of the kitchen when you got home. Ooh, Lord. So I remember that too. I remember. Mm-hmm. So that tells me, okay, that's a trigger. Yes, Lord. That's a trigger. So then the key is, if I know that your reaction to something is that strong, don't do that again. Because I already know what the response is going to be. Yes, Lord. So don't do that. I know the response. But too many people blow those signals off. And then the the other person gets angry because it's like, I told you that bothers me and you did it anyway. You did it with the knowledge that it offends me. Right. Knowingly. The law says knowingly. Either you knew or were in a position to have have known. And you did it anyway. Correct. So, yeah, there's no grace under the law because you knew or should have known. So you're in your rights to be angry because that says you don't care enough about me to avoid doing the things that, you know, trigger me. Well, bringing it back Mm -hmm. to self-care of the couple as a unit, Mm -hmm. what the lessons we want to impart to people Mm -hmm. as we wrap this up Mm -hmm. is intentionality, being in each other's presence. Mm hmm. Where it's just the two of you, right? Just talking, just mm-hmm. bringing up stuff, just talking about things. Mm-hmm. Whether it's over a hobby, mm-hmm. whether it's over a glass of wine, whether it's just sitting in on your back porch and just the two of you mm-hmm. enjoying a moment together. Mm-hmm. The that's the self care that I am talking about. Right. That's what I think is very very important for whatever season you are in your relationship whether mm-hmm. you're just starting out or you're coming towards the end mm-hmm. i mean we've seen elderly people who just it that's their thing mm-hmm. you, there's a thing on i think it's on ig where this little old man he is in his 90s and he goes and gets his wife a valentine card yes i've seen that and he, it's just the two of them in that moment. But you see that connection between right. the two of them. Right. That's what's important. After all these years, you're still my Valentine. Exactly. Honey, can you be my Valentine? And she still gushed over him when she received she it. She sure did. It was like nobody else was in that room. It wasn't anything expensive. Nope. It wasn't anything over the top. Nope. It was a simple fact that he cared enough 
to remember that it was important to her. Right. And not only was it important, it was important to to him him. because he got a benefit. He uh, felt good about doing it for her. Correct. Because she was his Valentine. Correct. And she was grateful to be his Valentine. And reciprocated. Absolutely. saw that. Absolutely. So that's that's the takeaway. That's the destination. That's That's the takeaway. That's the takeaway. When it's all over and it's just the two of you. Kids are gone. The jobs are gone. What's left? That's it. Well, guys, we appreciate you joining us on this one as well. If you liked what you heard, if you want to see more of this, please share. Please subscribe. Hit the notification bell uh, so that um, you'll be notified when we drop them. We're still dropping them every Wednesday. I'm sorry, every Friday. And if you have any topics that you want us to address, please put it in the comments below. By all means. We'll see you next time. Bye.